Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 177 of the podcast that was originally recorded on September 10th of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week played a long game of Lisboa, but I loved it. Played a little Tragedy Looper, a little One Against Many Not Alone, some Codenames Duet, a co-op game that my wife likes, What's Going On in the World Today, a little Terraforming Mars, and I also talked about a few of the games that I'd like to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Hey, as always, you can send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at What I'm Playing Now. On Facebook, you can just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. You will find us there. On Twitch, you can follow us and subscribe to our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And then you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, I am a little exhausted this weekend. We did do some gaming yesterday, but today my wife and I have been extremely busy trying to get our house rearranged and fixed up, and we're trying to actually move one bedroom into another room and then turn that bedroom into a little small studio for us to actually do some Twitch streaming and recordings in. So we're actually looking forward to that, but it's still going to take us a little while before we're there. So some videos that you may see coming from us will still probably be coming from the kitchen, but those videos actually seem to be looking and working out pretty good. So we're fine with that, but we actually want to do it a little bit better. So we're actually looking to move into a more common space, or I guess I should say just a more space that will not have us, not require us to take down and put up all the equipment like we do nowadays. It, it'll be nice to just be able to walk into a room, sit down, play a game, and be able to just record and not have to spend 15, 20, 15 minutes setting everything up. So that is our long-term goal here at what I'm playing now. But enough about that. Let's jump into what we're here for, and that is some of the games we played this week. So under what I'm playing now, this past week we did have a holiday, so we went down to uh, the local game store nice and early on Monday. And one of the first games we got to play is just a small little game, the deluxe version of Lisboa. Wow. All I could say is, wow, I'm not going to talk too much about actually playing the game. I want to go through the rules myself, and I want to actually get another gameplay or two possibly in before I give a full games and probably before I could even do a full rules explanation, you know, like I normally do. Um, so we're just going to give you some highlights of the game. The game was the game was fairly close. Um, one person did have quite a few of the cards at the end of the game where they were able to rack up a few good points for that. And it was funny. As we were sitting there playing the game, my buddy Eric looked at me and he was like, one of the first things he had read in the player's guide was, you know, to pay attention to those cards and get as many as possible. And I really wasn't paying that much attention to those cards, I will say, throughout gameplay, like I sometimes normally do. I was trying to just learn everything and just get my head wrapped around everything. And when I finally got my head wrapped around everything and started obtaining the cards for endgame scoring, it was rather late in the game, but I was able to pull pull away with some 
uh, which which did help my score out significantly. Um, if I hadn't had those, it would have been I uh, would have had a much lower score. But Lisboa is definitely. I don't know if I want to say it. It it is a heavier game. I don't. You know, I I hate saying that the game is is heavy, but it. You know, it is that it, it is a heavier game. It's definitely not going to be for the faint of heart. You know, it's not going to be for the people who are looking for the easier gateway games. But once you actually learn the game and and get through a couple of turns, the actual gameplay really isn't that difficult. You know, learning it was was a little bit of an interesting feat. Uh, my buddy Jim actually did an excellent explanation and taught it very well, I will say. But it, like I said, I really don't feel like I'm comfortable enough with going through those rules enough. I will say, after my first gameplay, I can't wait to play it again, and I can probably easily state that this game will definitely be in my top 10 at the end of the year. There is probably no doubt about it. It is a spectacular game. The deluxe components and the deluxe edition with the Kickstarter stuff in there is also just excellent. So I'm extremely glad that I do have the deluxe copy. We didn't play with mine down at the store, but I'm glad that I do have the deluxe Kickstarter edition and I have everything in there. I think the only thing I don't have is the metal coins, which I'm completely fine with. My wife and I were actually talking about purchasing just a set of metal coins to just use in most games because it's kind of silly to keep it. It's kind of expensive to actually keep buying metal coins for every deluxe game that we have and all the games we like. It's like we just need one good set of metal coins that we could just use everywhere across the board. And I think that will work. So we're going to be looking into some of the different choices we have for those. But Lisboa, wow. If you have a chance to play the game, definitely, definitely give this game a shot. It is definitely worth the time it takes to play it. It's definitely worth putting in a little bit of effort and learning it. And I will say it is a very, very rewarding game as it is just a hell of a lot of fun. So after we spent several hours with Lisboa, we jumped over and did a complete 180, played a little Tragedy Looper. Tragedy Looper is a deduction style game. You have one person who is kind of playing, I guess you could say, almost like, you know, your dungeon master, your game master. They're controlling some of the characters, and you have a can of a hand of cards, and you're trying to figure out possibly if there's, you know, who committed a murder, what's what's happening. You're you're trying to just solve something that you know that you're presented with in this game, and it was it's kind of interesting because at first I really wasn't too sure how you were supposed to go about those things. But it was funny. We, on the first turn, we each, we all played a card. We had a character move into another room and that character instantly died. So we sat there and we, you know, we started talking amongst ourselves and we were like, okay, well, this person must be this. So, you know, you kind of slowly start deducing things from just playing the game. And it's called tragedy looper because you're kind of going through a loop, you know, each round you're after that character died. We reset all the cards. Everybody went back to their original rooms that they were in or the original buildings that they're in. You know, our hands reset and then you kind of go through the same thing. So you know that you don't want that person to end up in the same room with, you know, another character um, because they died. So you hopefully that, you know, somebody's going to play a movement card or stop a movement from happening. And, you know, those are a lot of the different cards you have in your hand. So you're trying to do some of these different things in this game. And it's it's definitely a different style game. I really wasn't expecting... I really, I'm really not too sure what I was expecting out of the game, actually, because I had heard a little bit about Tragedy Looper before, but I never really played it. We played just the tutorial mission, and I liked it. I wouldn't mind trying it again. You definitely have to be, 
in the mindset to really try to figure things out and solve things out because you're really not given a lot of information at the beginning and you kind of just have to let things flow, see what happens, and then try to change those things from happening to try to figure out what actually is going on. And in our game, there's two different storylines that, you know, can actually happen. There's like a, a main plot and like a subplot, I believe. And so you're trying to figure out which of the different characters are what they're how they're actually showing up in the different plots and if they do and it's it's really it's really interesting at game actually i was i was a little you know kind of impressed with it it's it's kind of interesting so i'm sure we'll be trying this one again and maybe playing a little bit more than the tutorial episode but that was a rather interesting deduction style game after that we jumped over to a one versus many game called Not Alone. I believe Stronghold actually just re-released this game and just published a new version of this one. And this is a game where you have a set of location cards. It's, it's completely a card-based game. You have a set of various location cards in front of you in the middle of the table. You have a hand of cards that will match some of those locations. And each different location allows you to do some sort of different action. There are also some cards off to the side that are different location than what than the maybe the five or so that are the starting locations, we could say. And you're trying to actually survive the round and move your token along this board to get to a particular spot on that board before the um the one who's the the person who's actually trying to you know kill the other characters or get there first you know you're trying to work together with your teammates but you really can't talk during play to say i'm gonna play this card don't play that card and you know that sort of thing so you're really trying to just work together in a silent kind of way hoping that you're kind of going along the same type of path, obtain different cards into your hand to play to go to different locations. If you end up at the same location with the person who is playing the one, they were play they're playing like an alien, I believe it is, your team will basically have to move an extra spot on that board or or actually the alien gets to move a spot on the board when that happens. You don't get to move at that point. So it's a really interesting style game. Um, there are some cards that can block certain things that you can actually play from your hand from happening. There are certain things where the alien can actually play a card where he actually may kind of be able to go to two locations at one time. He kind of is like is in the middle and he can his character is at both locations. So if you go to either of those, you know, you won't be able to move and he actually gets to move his token. It's really interesting kind of take on, you know, like almost like a cat versus mouse style game. You know, where the cat is basically trying to just, you know, stop the mice from going to the different locations, you could say. So it's a really interesting card game. The art was kind of neat on the game. I really liked it. Um, it was it was really interesting. I don't think we'd play it too much around the house. It definitely seems like you're going to need more than two players to play this one. We were playing it with three and had a really good time doing that one. After that, my wife and I played some games during the middle of the week. We got in several games of Codenames Duet, which I was very surprised that my wife actually liked as much as she does. Codenames Duet is actually a really interesting take on Codenames because you're working together cooperatively to try to help each other get as many of, you know, the green tiles out on the board as you can. There's going to be kind of an elongated card that's going to be sitting in between the two of you. That is similar to the key card that's used in the original code names. But in this game, there is actually 
nine green spots on there, I believe, which are going to be the the spies that you're actually trying to find. You're trying to avoid on each side of the card, there is three assassins. Some of those assassins, I believe, overlap, if I remember correctly. And you're trying to work together to just figure out um, and give clues like you normally do in code names, but try to get all the green tokens out on the board between the two of you. And once, like if we were playing, uh, my wife and I were playing, and she was able to guess all of my side, she would then just get to keep going. And you have these tokens in the game that are actually timing you. You're trying to do this in nine rounds. I will say doing it in nine rounds seems extremely difficult. We were able to do it multiple times in 11 rounds which they actually give you two extra tokens. I guess it's the easier version of the game. We were able to do it that way multiple times. I don't think we were actually ever able to get under that 11 count. Um, there were once, I, I think once I guessed at the assassin, which I was really surprised because we were actually doing very good as far as staying away from that. But Codenames Duet, excellent, excellent two-player take on Codenames. And for this being a co-op game, and I've talked about in the podcast several times before, my wife isn't a huge co-op fan. Um, I was really impressed that she liked it as much as she did. And I can see we're going to be playing that one quite a bit. We were going to do a stream of that one the other night, but after we played it several times, I'm not too sure how good this one will play on the stream. So I'm not really too sure. If we do this as a stream, it would probably be after another game, kind of like as a secondary game for the evening. Because sometimes there's just a lot of silence as you're trying to think of the different words and then how many numbers you want them, you know, you want to state for, you know, for your opponent or, you know, your your companion to actually guess with you. So there were some times we noticed that there was just a little bit of silence as you're trying to just sit there and think and trying to, you know, do different things. I'm not really too sure how good of a video this game would make, but um, we might do something for it because we both really do like it. So we wouldn't, we'd kind of actually like to try that, but we'll have to maybe just do a little clock where, you know, we're going to have to maybe just come up with the words a little faster and try to just be a little bit more spontaneous. If we lose, we lose. But Codenames Duet, excellent, excellent two-player version of the game. If you haven't picked it up, definitely grab that one. It is definitely worth it. And then the other night, we actually got in a two-player game, and this is the first time I've played this game as two-player, and it is Terraforming Mars. I wanted to play this game a couple of times with my wife because I'd actually like to play through one of the newer maps on a video, so she had never actually played the base game of Terraforming Mars, so we just did base game, we just did starting um, corporations, you know, the beginning corporations that you start out with. We didn't use any of the extra cards in the deck either, we just did a straight base game. It took us a little while to play, but I will say that it, uh, Terraforming Mars was my number five game last year of, of you know, 2016. So I, I really enjoyed Terraforming Mars. A couple of the downsides for me for Terraforming Mars was the length of play, but I had only played the game four and five player. And sometimes the amount of downtime you have between turns was just a little bit much as you're sitting there waiting for it to come back around your turn with two players. The game was so a little longer because it was my wife's first time playing and I hadn't played the game in quite a while as well. But I will say that I was much more engaged with the game because you don't have as you definitely don't have as much downtime. It's just going back and forth and we were just having a great time with it. So, you know, I was thinking today, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if terraforming Mars, if the sweet spot for this game, even though it plays spectacular at four or five, if the sweet spot really isn't two or three players, because it's it's just going to keep you that much more engaged with the game 
you're going to be that much more involved with actually terraforming Mars because you're really in a two player game. You're you're contributing half or more than half possibly to all of the different you know, components that you're actually trying to build up as far as terraforming Mars goes, you know, whereas in a five player, four or five player game, you know, it's going to be much more divided out. You have a much smaller piece of the pie as you're doing it. Whereas in a two or three player game, it's a little bit, you have, a, you know, a little bit bigger piece and it's, you're a little bit more, I hate to say you're a little bit more invested, but you almost kind of are. I was really surprised and I kind of really wish I would have played a two player game before you know, the end of last year, I just, we just didn't have a chance with everything that was going on. So I'm glad that we actually got to revisit this now. I can't wait to see a couple of the new maps. Some of the new maps um, look really cool. So I'm really looking forward to those. So hopefully we'll be able to do a video for that in the next couple of weeks. Want to get a few more plays under our belt and then maybe try one of the new maps once before we actually do a recording. But um, I have a feeling that we will be doing a recording for Terraforming Mars. And other than that, that is the games I played for the week. Uh, we're going to do this episode a little shorter, a little quicker, because right about now I am a little exhausted from doing too much stuff around the house. But let's talk about a few of the things that I'd like to play. Renegade Game Studios is going to be putting out an interesting little game called Pie Town Spies, Lies, and Apple Pies. Uh, when you go read out on Board Game Geek, it actually sounds like it's a very interesting dice worker placement game that actually has some hidden information in it, which, okay, I dice we know sometimes don't care for me that much, but I'm starting to like dice a little bit more. And with it being worker placement, I'm completely all in for that, and my wife will be too. And we were reading about this the other day and looking at it, and we were both just like, you know, the hidden information, we were like, that sounds kind of interesting. So I kind of can't wait to actually see this one. I was actually hoping to try to make it to the Alliance Open House this past week like I did last year. Due to work on a couple other things, I was not able to make it this year. I don't know if they were showing that one there or not, but I'm hoping to actually see this one to actually see what it's like. And then as I was reading through some of the newer games that were being talked about on BoardGameGeek, there's a game called Noria, which actually looked rather interesting as well. And one of the things that kind of caught my eye when I was reading the description on Board Game Geek, it basically states here that each player has an action wheel consisting of three rings with slots for a number of different action discs. So I don't know if these are actually rondelles that people are going to be using or what, but just reading some of the description here and seeing, you know, the one picture that they have here, it just looks kind of interesting. It just kind of caught my eye. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this one to see what it's actually like. Um, but we'll have to wait and see what comes out of Noria. So that's it. I think those are the games we played for the week. And then those are a few of the things that I want to play. Like I said, we're going to end this episode a little early today. But as always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, just follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Twitch page is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. Subscribe to us there. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash What I'm Playing Now. Until next week, everybody, you know what to do. Go play some games. And then let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for joining me for another podcast. I'll be back next week with some more games to talk about. Have a great week playing games, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.